I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are back after a little break there to continue our look at Bruce Lee with Way of the Dragon, or The Way of the Dragon. I always forget the The. <laughs> the Way of the Dragon from 1972, uh, starring, of course, Bruce Lee and directed by Bruce Lee. And, of course, we get some returns. We get Norm Meow again. Um, and we get, most famously from this, the screen debut of Chuck Norris. Mm. So that's that's interesting to see. Chuck Norris sans beard. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's funny. It's yeah. probably the most enduring element of uh, the movie. And so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think even casual fans have likely seen good chunks of that uh, final fight. Um, mm-hmm. And this is also... Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Bruce's name is kind of all over the poster here. So the only film he was able to direct to completion in his lifetime, and he's also the only credited uh, screenwriter. Um, so yeah, we're yeah definitely kind of turning a pretty big corner um, after after what we covered last time on Fist of Fury. Yeah, and this might be jumping the gun a little bit, mm. but. This feels the most kind of like the prototype of like the kung fu comedies that we would get in the late seventies into the eighties. Yeah, totally. It's funny. Bruce doesn't seem to be remembered in that way at all. Um, and partly, like for my money, that it's not necessarily the most effective kung fu comedy. Oh, Um, not at all. That's part of what makes it feel like that is because there's jokes that just completely don't (laughs) completely don't land. (laughs) Yeah, I better like fortify my like home security or something because yeah (laughs) i wish i had nothing but like glowing takes for the um for the movie but uh but yeah it's interesting because it's it's really just this one film that uh focuses so heavily on kind of like this yeah just comedic tone and um we don't really have much of a trace of that in the earlier films we covered and then what's left of bruce's career yeah not a lot of yucks in those either so yeah really (laughs) Really interesting piece, but also um, in the spirit of what you're saying, Matthew, like a little bit of Jackie Chan and co foreshadowing, um, we've left Hong Kong and we're in Europe. And so that's uh, a huge element to uh, what made this film stand out in Hong Kong at the time is we're tons of shooting on location um, in Italy, in Rome, and the notoriously famous fight scene with Chuck Norris at the end um, is actually kind of in and around the famous Roman Colosseum. So mm-hmm. um, spare no expense. Although uh, ah, one thing I, I'd really do appreciate about, appreciate about this movie is there still is this kind of ragtag feeling behind the production. Um, I, you don't get the sense that there's really permits for shooting in all these locations. And <laughs> right. there's plenty of, um, yeah, pretty... <laughs> uh verite i guess like handheld camera stuff um going on throughout which <laughs> they cool. had yeah they they had about two weeks i believe of filming in rome and actually yeah we can talk a little bit about where bruce lee is in his career now so uh you mentioned that he's the director he's the writer um 
he actually shares an action credit. I think he was very gracious in sharing it with his uh, longtime friend Unicorn Chan, who we did see in the last film. I don't know if we mentioned that. He is uh, ha- has a small role in Fist of Fury, but uh, he kind of did a little favor for his buddy here. And actually, that kind of goes into a film that he... So, like, there's a film called Fist of Unicorn that Bruce Lee kind of helped out with... But the production team kind of sneakily took footage of Bruce Lee kind of behind the scenes and injected it into the movie and kind of caused some drama. (laughs) (laughs) And they like listed him as like the fight choreographer to kind of bump up the film. And I think that created a rift between him and Unicorn Chan. But um, yeah, Lo Wei uh, no longer with us in this film. And they, uh, Bruce and Lo Wei kind of had a dramatic split. So um, after the success of Fist of Fury, uh, Lo Wei began planning the next follow-up. And they actually were originally planning to do something focusing on Huo Yuanja. And uh, what I've heard is like there's a film called Yellow Face Tiger that they were developing. And uh, that was a nickname for Huo Yuanja. And it's kind of it's in a reference to him having jaundice actually and um Mm. so bruce kind of had his own ideas he's like this is my chance to really and and like i said before he's got this focus on being this big star in hollywood and he wants to take himself maybe stepping away from hong kong and put himself into the international stage and um another thing that i think of that i've heard a couple of um so uh uh, Steve Carriage, uh, Bruce Lee biographer, and um, Matthew Polly, uh, they both have kind of mentioned in interviews about Bruce Lee in comparison to Clint Eastwood. And Clint Eastwood was kind of somebody that Bruce Lee had his eye on too, and how he kind of pictured his career going because, um, you know, we all know. Clint Eastwood was kind of in the same spot where he's struggling to make it in the United States. And he went to Italy and made these spaghetti Westerns and that shot him into stardom. And Bruce Lee kind of wanted to do this with uh, this film. So Bruce Lee kind of had his own plans. He's like, ah, I'm not going to do this yellow face tiger. And then um, another face that we really haven't talked about that much is Jimmy Wang Yu, who is, you know, arguably, yeah. you know, the one of the, first kung fu movie stars um and um actually yeah if if you're thinking about fist of fury um thinking about like um you know jimmy wang Yu, and he he'd say like oh without him there would have been no fist of fury because right um well like uh, in an alternate dimension without bruce lee traveling to hong kong like jimmy wang Yu, like you said would have been really the first major star um yeah, we'll we'll never <laughs> we'll never quite know just how much potential he would have had. Yeah, and they kind of had this almost like a box office rivalry going on, and um, so Lo Wei and Bruce kind of were butting heads, and they kind of uh, he Lo Wei found out that Bruce was starting production on this film without him, and he got pretty mad about that, and he actually went to cast Jimmy Wang Yu knowing that that would kind of be a little dagger in the side to Bruce. So this caused a big, huge argument, and they they broke ties with each other. And Lo Wei would go on to um, uh, produce a film with Jimmy Wang Yu, and um, that 
it, it's funny too because that film uses a lot of the actors from Big Boss and Fist of Fury, and um, it was it kind of takes place in Japan. And did um, was this ultimately about Huo Yunja as well? So or? originally it was gonna be, but it ended up not. It was it's a film called A Man Called Tiger, and oh, uh, that sure. stars Jimmy yeah. Wang Yu. And um, there's oh, also like uh, the Yellow Face Tiger ended up becoming a different film, and actually. Uh, Chuck Norris plays a villain in that. So there's a little bit of dancing around with information because I've heard uh, different things. But as far as I can tell, like this was kind of the driving rift between the two. So now we have Bruce Lee working in Rome and and Hong Kong. And he's making this film. And he's also kind of coming up in the martial arts world. And he was introduced to Chuck Norris through like the karate championships. Uh, I think 1968, he met Chuck Norris. And then actually Bruce working on the film The Wrecking Crew, which had Sharon Tate and Nancy Kwan. Um, he got Chuck Norris a role, like a small role in that film. And then uh, when he was working on this film, he he called up Chuck Norris and was like, yo, like I want you to be like the big bad in this film. And I think Chuck had a little bit of hesitation, but he... He, he figured, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this. This could be a new thing. And um, <laughs> we also have Bob Wall who shows up in this movie. And there's kind of some infamous yeah. stories about Bob Wall, about how he kind of wedged his way into being in the film because Bruce had all, uh, he had called Chuck to come out. And Bob's like, uh, no, I'm going to go too. So he like paid his own ticket. And he's mentioned this himself in interviews and uh, showed up. And uh, that's how he ended up being in this film, which is pretty <laughs> funny to think about. He just kind of he just showed up, pushed his way into it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, one of the other things we'll see at the beginning of this movie is that during the credits, um, when they show these names, they're showing their accomplishments in the martial arts world. So now you're kind of seeing and, uh, you know, we're going to see this a little more in uh, Enter the Dragon. And well, I mean, what would have been uh, Game of Death, but Bruce really focusing on the martial arts himself and like that's such a huge part of the message that he wants to deliver and yeah this movie kind of I don't know there's like some growing pains in this film I feel where it's like no, yeah I think the, that's a good way to put it yeah, yeah the comedy I think that the, it's shot pretty cool like in in some parts um Actually, Tadashi Nishimoto the um the cinematographer I think we mentioned him way back in like come drink with me or come drink with me episode um oh, right. this yeah. yeah this is the first film that he works on with bruce lee and um yeah that that shows in certain segments and um yeah i like for me the the takeaways from this film are really like when the martial arts are shown <laughs> i mean right. that sounds like a pretty cool take to think when you think about well, bruce and, lee, and i like I like um, how you pointed out the the kind of like martial arts stats in the credits. And we haven't directly talked about this so much, but I think it's an interesting question to think about um, how passionate was Bruce about filmmaking and movies versus the spread of martial arts to the world. And I don't know, I think there'd be a case to be made that... Um, his heart didn't didn't lie so deeply in the in the movie making side. I mean, it is interesting. It's like when he finally gets to call out all of the shots, it's not necessarily the most like passionate or um kind of clearly put together film. And it's pretty surprising that it's so that it's sort of so goofy. Um mm -hmm. I feel like going into it, you'd probably expect like, oh, here's this thing where it's like 
he's going to try to control every aspect of the movie. But in some ways, it feels um, a little bit loose and messy and maybe not super concerned with all the kind of filmmaking elements. So it's it's interesting. I mean, and I guess I've been reflecting a lot about, um, you know, what makes Bruce Bruce and what makes Jackie Jackie as we've been going through all this. And um, I mean, it's, a, it's reducing things a little bit, but I think in his heart, like Jackie loves movies, right? Mm. It's like he wants to make movies that entertain the world um, and whatever kind of martial arts are useful for that, um, he'll, he'll pull in. Um, whereas like, you really get the sense, like Bruce's philosophy of martial arts. It's like, that's probably the most important thing. Like that's what he's like kind of evangelizing I, um, yeah. through these projects. I yeah, totally, I totally agree. And it, it's, it's almost a, a thinking about it. We've had a few filmmakers that are definitely more all about the martial arts and show off the martial arts. Right, and I was just right. thinking, I don't know if him and Lao Garlung oh, would have gotten man. along or if they would have oh, hated man, each yeah. other. Oh, Two man. tigers on the mountain, because, probably. Yeah, exactly. Because I could see them, like I could see that being like an amazing movie that shows off all these cool martial arts. But I could also see them having such competing visions for, for how it looks that it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, it... I think that's a great point. And I, we've talked about Drunken Master too, and about how there was turmoil between Jackie and Lao Garlong. But I, man, can, oh, I hate thinking about these things. Can you imagine? I know. Right? Oh, man, that would have been, that could have been a glorious film. That could have been so crazy. Oh, Damn, what, I didn't like a Lao Garlong Bruce Lee thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Wow. But it's funny. Job, I mean, we man. mentioned we mentioned how there was an opportunity for him to sign a contract with Shaw Brothers, but I mean, yeah, the pay wasn't great, and he wasn't really going to get much control. He was just going to be plopped into that mm-hmm. kind of well-oiled machine. Yeah, um, Run Run Shaw was like. I was, you know, I just considered him another actor. You know, I wasn't holding right, him in any right. higher regard. And yeah, those the like kind of uh, f- test photos of him dressed up in like period pieces. And there's actually a picture of him like Zatoichi too, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's cool to think about those. I mean, the f- the closer we get to closing on this arc of films, the more I yeah. think about what could be, right? <laughs> and so um, I don't know that I guess I get kind of a feeling with The Way of the Dragon where Bruce is almost like, let me get out of here. It's like, you know, appreciates that Golden Harvest gives him a little more latitude. um, But really, he just wants some room to be able to to kick people and to fight. And again, his um, Bruce's fights are almost always more about showcasing the technique and even honestly showcasing his power and his prowess. And I would say less about the kind of like, you know, cinematic dance or whatever um and i think i think the peking opera folks are like kind of so interested in it's like they're almost like taking a page out of like mgm musicals or something and Mm. um you get the feeling like through all of his films like bruce is wanting to depict something that he thinks is more real you know yeah and with this film i think that that's a good point that you're bringing up and I, i think what you're getting at is in way of the dragon we've got this situation where uh, yeah, he's transplanted out of the Hong Kong kind of structure. I mean, it still is, but I guess what I'm saying is that in this film, his character is fighting foreigners the whole time, and you don't have yeah. an industry where they can support 
foreign fighters like Guaylo, you know, fighters like we would <laughs> yeah. see in like Wheels on Meals. And actually, I think Wheels on Meals is kind of a good comparison if you wanted to, because also transplanted into also, Europe and yeah, also yeah, exactly. really focusing on like, I guess, towards the end, Benny the Jet and Keith Vitale, these, you know, trained fighters that ended up translating really well to But screen. it's funny. It's like, couldn't. Like, um, and I know we're still yet to jump yeah, into the movie, but, I know. but if you contrast the, you know, Bruce versus Chuck and Jackie versus Benny, it's like, again, Jackie's passion and Samo and Yunbyu, it's like, what looks good yeah. um, on screen and what's entertaining for the audience. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's entertaining and it's exciting if Jackie gets beat the hell up. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it'd be fun if someone put together like a supercut of every time Bruce gets hit in a movie, like that's not a long video. Um, there, yeah, there's a yeah. moment in this film where that happens and you're like, you don't believe it. Like It doesn't <laughs> right. look believable when he gets hit by a sucker punch. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of interesting. And it's like, um, you know, when we get to the Chuck Norris fight, it's it's funny because I think the casting is great and it does feel like this piece of history and really cool use of, you know, world historically famous set. But yeah, you get to a point in the fight and it's <laughs> Chuck doesn't, you know, he doesn't yeah. get a hand on him. Um, we'll, we'll get there. I, I'm yeah. really excited to talk about that specifically. Yeah. But yeah, maybe we should move into the film. <laughs> yeah, we can dive into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. When a struggling Chinese restaurant in Rome suffers threats from the mob, they send for help from their Hong Kong brother. Tong Lung, the Chinese dragon, has arrived in Italy. A simple man from the countryside, his southern legs and northern fists make believers out of all the skeptics. But when the mafia gets roughed up, they decide to find some experts of their own. Mamma mia! Bruce Lee makes his directorial debut, starring alongside Norm Yao and introducing Chuck Norris in The Way of the Dragon. So the plot of the movie actually isn't too terribly complicated, <laughs> yeah. which the, I mean, the other two weren't like super complicated, but I feel like there was a lot more kind of moving parts. But this one, it basically is just it's, it's another Bruce Lee comes in from Hong Kong to this time Italy or to Rome, Italy specifically. And there's some and trouble. He terrorizes happening here. children. And yeah, yeah he terrorizes <laughs> children. Of course. Um, there's like a, there's this restaurant that like these, these toughs, these like this gang is trying to put them out of business so that they can buy the restaurant or something. It's a little vague, but, um, or rather their purpose for doing that's a little vague, but right. They, they want to buy this restaurant. And so Bruce Lee has to, use kung fu to beat them um, yeah. and then yeah, it's and then the people the people hire like hire like an outside force and that's where chuck norris comes in to to try to fight him um i think but he doesn't yeah i i think <laughs> that's kind of the movie yeah and then yeah, no, well, a similar way to the big boss actually you could kind of think about the big boss yeah, and fist of fury and them like kind of taking pieces of those films and putting it into a new film oh i like that you yeah, know, yeah. you've got Bruce as Tang Long, which actually translates to China Dragon. Um, he plays like a country bumpkin. He arrives in Rome based on a request from like his uncle to go in his place. 
And yeah, like you said, he puts he gets thrust into the situation. Actually, I kind of like how they uh, play his character with Nora Meow's character. She's not really happy to see him. And yeah. um, she kind of is tolerating him until... And I, actually, I feel like they could have played that up in a lot of ways like to a comedic effect that you, you kind of get a hint that they were teasing that but they didn't really pay it off i feel and um the you know the magic moment is when you see bruce lee defending him you know his his culture and his martial arts you know right, just like we'd right. see in fist of fury and um i, I yeah i think the the comedic moments i mean i love stupid cheesy stuff and there are there's some glimpses of stuff that could have been really great and yeah. uh, i remember yeah somewhere reading and i forget somewhere saying that linda considered this like one of her favorites because it kind of reflected more of the lighter side of bruce and that was what she like oh, that's a nice felt thought. was like the most recognizable thing to her about him so that's cool yeah i think that's really cool yeah so um after like the 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 opening titles, which I, I said too, and actually it's kind of cool. It's like this kind of I don't know. Um, mixed yeah, actually media. the opening title sequence is pretty amazing. Yeah, and, it's and we've it's, got to shout out the the theme song is just mm. awesome. Yeah, it's it's really good, and I think that that's another standout that I really enjoy from this film. Yeah, um, it's hard to beat Fist of Fury or the Enter the Dragon theme, right, but right. it is pretty good. Yeah, the the melody. I mean, I've been my head's been in this, but the melody's been stuck in my head for a long time. Yeah, and it's uh, Joseph Kuhn's uh, responsible mm-hmm. for the music. Yep, and we don't have a lot of differences between uh, the versions of the film. I think the most significant. Yeah difference in uh the release of this movie is in the uk they just totally edited out anything with nunchucks nunchucks, you know that we've talked about so people have stories about you know thinking like you know it was like a comedic smash cut to bruce you guys see that new 45 minute movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's like you know bruce lee's gonna fight a bunch of guys then it smash cuts to a fight with being over and it's like they They're a lot of people bleeding and bruised yeah yeah people thought it was a joke but that was just because of the you know censorship because they couldn't because they couldn't show none that's so I, that's so specific <laughs> like it's not it's not them getting in a fight it's specifically the nunchucks part of it yeah it's so interesting <laughs> yeah it's crazy I wonder i wonder how it would have worked to try to just like blur the nunchucks or like mat out <laughs> oh can you imagine that with the mosaic nunchucks look that <laughs> make it look, that would worse. look so much worse that'd be hilarious but oh, i heard that those nunchucks weren't like light either those were like real like for real nunchucks that he was using and uh again wow. like i was saying like when he's fighting against all these foreigners who aren't as professional fighters like he was very careful to tell them like be very specific with your movements because I don't want to hit you. And uh, Anders yeah. Nelson, who's amongst some of these guys, said that he got clocked in the face and he had like a scar on his lip for oh, wow. for some years. He had to actually have him. He wore a mustache to cover up the scar. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Anders is pretty memorable in this. Like yeah. um, some of the famous like miming that Bruce does is like usually always to him. And um, including that famous moment um, recreated in, in Kung Fu Hustle. Um yeah with the no and the yeah oh, so <laughs> um 
Yeah, so um, at the beginning when uh, Tang Long and uh, Chen, Nora's character, there's like this kind of fun little tour of of Rome and um, you see a bunch of landmarks and I, I wrote all those down, but I, I really feel like uh, I mentioned John Little's tracking the dragon and um, he goes into such depth about all the sites and he recreates oh, cool. the shots of these films and uh, yeah it, it's really exciting to see um you know just to see these sites revisited and see what they look like now and he even uh interviews melissa longo the um the prostitute that shows up shortly in this film and um oh, nice. I, I think yeah, she has an in- interesting credit i'm trying to remember what it is it's like is oh yeah like it's like beautiful woman italian yeah. woman or something yeah. like italian that. beauty yeah. italian oh, beauty that's it <laughs> yeah but I, I mean i don't know matthew don't you don't you feel like this is your chance to say a lot of these location titles like this, you're Italian, right? Like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, did you feel like I'm, a pang of pride for the homeland no. here? Watching <laughs> no, it's you know, it's so funny because it, it, for this being Italy, there sure are everyone's sure to speak English. Yeah, <laughs> and right. and, the, and the second language that everyone speaks, obviously, it's mostly in the in the Cantonese version. It's mostly Cantonese. And yeah. the closest thing anyone gets to speaking Italian is oh, man. a guy literally a guy literally saying "Mamma Mia." <laughs> Mama yeah, this Mia. this counts as the very first Nintendo Mario adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun fact: yeah. Shigeru Miyamoto watched this oh, as a, yeah. as a child, and <laughs> um, there's also like this kind of light theme that plays during the film that I really like. Yeah, I really like it, that. It kind of has like some Pink very Panther 70s. vibes to it. Yeah. I, I like that. and Yeah, definitely um, compared to most of the other films of this period or uh, that are to come later in the in the 70s and 80s, we talk so much about this like needle dropping and almost like, um, you know, record scrounging and stuff. But really, Joseph Kuh is, is trying to weave a score here. And we have mm-hmm. a lot of like recurring, um, yeah, instances of both of those themes. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. I did find a listing of some of the needle drops because there are some in this film. And I, right. I think they use like shorter like cues to kind of punctuate moments in the movie. And I think some of the stuff is it comes from the Andromeda strain. Um, there was some other stuff, too, but I, I can include that in the show notes. Um, but OK, awesome. so, yeah, uh, I was saying that uh, Chen is taking Tang Long around and then she eventually takes him back to uh, the apartment and um, she's telling him about the whole story. Some Italians are basically roughing up the restaurant and she's hoping to originally get like a lawyer, but then she ends up just with this country bumpkin. So she's, she's kind of upset about that. And he, he seems really cheery and really kind of, I don't know, optimistic. He's like, "Uh, just tell me about the problem later and we'll work it out. Right. uh, He says like, uh, I think, yeah, there's a, he says, like, every day I practice martial arts. And um, that's kind of a fun line. Yeah, from, and he kind like, of shows off some of the some of the mm-hmm. moves. But you yeah, see, think I, when he snaps a kick, it's like, oh, man. Like, yeah, dude, really you good. You see that and you're like, super, damn. Super high. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Nora is awesome in this movie. You really believe that she's like this expat um, living there. It's funny because, um, I don't know, I think that there's pretty strong chem- chemistry in Fist of Fury. Um, not not too much of a whiff of it here i don't think um and yeah I, she's no, definitely, that's kind I of the do, design but uh yeah it's just i kind of like that 
I kind of like that they don't like fall in love or whatever because she's she's just kind of over it and she's like just kind of she's like just wants the restaurant to work <laughs> out like like I don't want to deal with all this <laughs> yeah oh man and um, then Bruce doesn't have to explain anything to Linda because she's like now you wrote this right like, yeah because <laughs> if you think about it it's like there's tons of like you know bruce getting wild and like i mean especially big boss and it's like mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i think it's probably fair to assume that that those weren't so much uh his ideas maybe <laughs> i love it but yeah the the i mean the like we said the plot's like really is pretty straightforward the there's a couple of of fun bits here where like where they're getting to know each other the very very beginning they're like in the airport and there's some it's like a kind of weird scene where like he orders a bunch of soup at a restaurant. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I was the, worried you were skipping over that. The waitress is just kind of she just kind of stands there and uh-huh. yeah, it's Yeah, it's so again, weird. it's one of those things that feels like it feels like the first draft of a joke that didn't get refined. I <laughs> yeah, don't know. Well, well, played. I guess it's just I guess it's just to show that he's, you know, kind of this unrefined you know kind of bumpkin kind of guy yeah because he's I'm saying eggs it. and she's supposed to like not understand mm-hmm. um, yeah. what he's saying yeah i like that the beginning of the film focuses on him eating too much and then having yeah. to use the bathroom that's <laughs> yeah that's fine with me <laughs> that's that's the most relatable bruce lee's ever been to my life <laughs> yeah exactly nice Yep, but um, <laughs> when they get to the restaurant, um, you get to meet all of the, the supporting cast, and we get some returning faces from the last couple of films. But um, yeah, one of the ones that I wanted to mention was, yeah, Unicorn Chan, and um, yeah. they take Tong Long back to the like the alley behind the restaurant, and they're all practicing karate. And there's a, a pointed moment here where um, uh, Chuen, the uh, the guy, the waiter that's bringing him back, is saying like, "Oh, like the, oh, they're yeah, practicing the boxing. Yeah, he, they're practicing karate, but I I like Chinese boxing." Before Mr. Chen had died, they all started learning karate so they could deal with those damn thugs. How about you? Ah, uh, it's foreign. Mm-mm. Doesn't interest me. Foreign or not, if it helps you to look after yourself when you're in a fight, then you should learn to use it. It doesn't matter at all where it comes from. You should realize that. Ah, my game is Chinese boxing. Hey, you know Chinese boxing? Sure. Hey, really? Hmm. And I, I like here that Bruce makes his character say, well... It it really doesn't matter where the art is coming yeah, from, yeah. as long as you know you basically are practicing it, and like it, it, it makes you a better person. And that's the first glimpse that you really get of him pushing his idealism of you know martial arts in, on film. I mean, in this film, and I, no, I, I really it's really like good that. to highlight that. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool yeah, how they like, so many so many kung fu movies are explicitly my style is better than your style. Yeah, and this yeah. one he's like every style has like something really to point. to contribute. So. Yeah, and I yeah, like that. You're, I love you're, the, yeah the guys are like so. Is it true that Chinese boxing is like really weak and totally sucks? Um, <laughs> yeah, he says something. <laughs> like, you can put the actual line in there, but Chinese boxing. I have heard that Chinese boxing lacks any real power. I remember he's he's just like super sweetly asking yeah. this kind of like mean question. Yep. Also, he, those dudes when they introduce themselves and they have these English names. I'm Thomas. I'm John. I'm, Tr- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Jimmy. Oh yeah, that's good. This is Tang Lung. Uh, 
Hey, introduce yourself. Ah, I'm Tony. Jimmy. Thomas. Robert. I have no English name. Just call me Archway. Hello there. Yeah, that's really fun. But you don't really get to see Bruce really let let it rip. I like that they kind of tease you with it at first because um, before he gets to uh, show them a kick, they get called back into the restaurant to do some work. The another just there. This movie is chock full of gifable moments. Um, <laughs> one of them is whenever he goes to the bathroom and he's just standing on like the rim of the toilet, squatting oh, yeah, over it. Totally. That's and then fun. and then closes the door on the guy looking in. Yep. That's a that's that's a good gif. <laughs> and yeah, there's a couple of moments in the movie where they have like a comedic either a bass drum or Oh like that, a, yeah, timpani, timpani, that yeah. 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 Like that when uh, Chuck Norris is walking and every step is a timpani hit. That's yep. really cool. Yeah. And actually um I I did read a thing about how involved bruce wanted to be with the movie and one of the things that i read is that oh, he doesn't actually he like play percussion played on percussion the score or and yeah. in my head any of those <laughs> He's comedic ones are bruce. Yeah. <laughs> dude that's that's totally plausible i yeah, think that's what i'm saying that's what it, there's enough misinformation out there i want to enter that yeah, into yeah let's the add some more yeah yep <laughs> you can't prove it's not true yep right um, so, uh, yeah, when they go back into the restaurant, it's business as usual, but um, we're going to start to see our villains here. Yeah, sh- and- shout out to Paul Way in this oh, movie. Man. This- oh, man. <laughs> this character, so Ho, that's like the, the, the kind of the, he's like the kind of the second command to the boss that we see later, Glorious. but he has the most interaction. He's so good. Oh, yeah. my God. He is so funny. He's like this. He's kind of like the kind of like the effeminate villain yes. kind of stereotype thing. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing all these like very goofy outfits and stuff. He is so funny. It's like yeah, um, awesome. I was saying, you know, they're taking his basically his role from Fist of Fury and injecting it into this, but like really ratcheting up the kind of entertainment side of that character. And um, yeah, so he shows up with his like... Um, his goons, the Westerners, and um, things are starting to get heated, and um, it it kind of diffuses. They, you know, Bruce doesn't really get to um, show off because he's coming out of the bathroom, and um, yeah, there's a funny interaction with with him and um, uh, I think his name is Ho in the film. Yeah, Ho is the character's name. And uh, then they're all looking at him like, oh, thanks a lot. You really like, <laughs> you're supposed to help us out. And you're just kind of ch- chumming it up with this guy. So <laughs> he's feeling a little down and out about things. Yeah. And then we get to the amazing Chinese spare ribs scene. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, because he's uh, late night. These These guys come in and... One of them asks for Chinese spare ribs, and the guy doesn't recognize it. And just the way that he responds with, like, you say you don't know what Chinese spare ribs are. The line delivery is great. And it's and it's this black guy, and you can I'm pretty sure it's not a black person doing the dumping line. Well, and, and um, that's what I was oh, saying. Yeah. So um I, I did read that Bruce actually did some dubbing for this film, and one of the things mm-hmm. that I read and I couldn't confirm it, but it said that he did the dubbing for this guy either in the Cantonese yeah. or the Mandarin version. Mm-hmm. 
Could you guys find a name for that actor? I wasn't able to, to find one. And yeah. like the yeah. the big uh, mullet heavy guy too. I was trying to find out his name because he's the yeah. most recognizable face from these thugs here. Well, I know a little a little bit later we have uh, David Duchovny makes his. I'm <laughs> oh, you thought that too? <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. That one, dude. It's like wow, the truth is out there. Dude, I totally wrote that too. That's Ugh. perfect. Oh, man. But yeah, so he asked for, like we said, he asked for spare ribs. Unicorn Chan's like, oh, what are you talking about? I'd like some Chinese spare ribs. Chinese spare ribs? Uh, you mean to tell me you you don't know what Chinese spare ribs are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let me show you, man. <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on? And he's like, Oh, and he lifts his arm up and just punches him right in the ribs. <laughs> Yikes. So then uh, things are getting heated, and um, they're basically muscling the restaurant again. And they find, you know, then Tang Long finds out, oh, these guys are causing trouble. So he gets sucked into the fight. And I love how it's like still like Nora's like, oh boy, like this guy's <laughs> yeah. such a waste of time. And actually, you get a moment here after like the fighting starts like that the big mama mia heavy guy really womps unicorn chan and knocks him mm-hmm. out and bruce steps in and he does like also fyi if i stopped taking care of my appearance i would look like this big guy oh <laughs> nice oh, i like, love it dude, no, i i, I feel like goals, if, I, if my dude, hair that's... grew out a little bit i'm not <laughs> gain a little weight i, I do would look exactly like this guy no, he, he steals the scene yeah I oh yeah so he's too. so funny in this and and as we said he's the he's the guy that says mama mia yeah, <laughs> yeah. later in this scene um uh when bruce like steps in before he does like what he does he does actually like this almost like traditional form right at the beginning and i feel like you don't you don't see that you know like when you think of bruce lee you think of you know him kind of casting that stuff away but i like that he does that right at the beginning it looks cool and um yeah he really takes a it great, to this guy <laughs> oh, man. a great a great bit here that it makes a lot more sense in, in cantonese because right. he doesn't speak any english and he says tell them this is chinese boxing and then the guy comes up and says hey chinese boxing but in the yeah. dub it's just funny because they just say <laughs> chinese boxing twice yeah. chinese boxing yeah Chinese boxer. <laughs> so that guy walks up to him like, "All right, here we go. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna womp him." And Bruce takes him out in two moves. And I love <sighs> he that just, he, he says like the does... name for each one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He just kicks him, says the name of it, does a roundhouse, and the guy's just dead on the ground. Yep. Well, Look... not completely dead because he has to save Mama Mia later. <laughs> yeah. <but>. Little dragon <laughs> seeking its path. And yeah. uh, what was the other one? Big dragon. Like big like, dragon whips its, whips tail, its tail or something like that. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah I Good. feel like this is, uh, it's not the first time that someone's like calling out their moves in like a Hong Kong film, but it's definitely a staple of like Yun Wu Ping films when you think about it. Like, yeah. Snake and yeah, Shadow and like Drunken a, Master and Iron Man. It's almost more like a Wuja kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Of totally. like saying like what these crazy flying techniques are or whatever. Monkey steals the peach. <laughs> exactly word. and bruce steals the peach a couple of times in this yeah that's in right this movie i so. love uh the black guy how he gets his comeuppance here is mm. he gets knocked to the ground bruce lee knocks him out while he's on the ground and he sits on him waiting for yeah. the next opponent yeah what a flex 
it's, it's good. It's too good. And again, more like this, we get some of like the the finger like come here thing. That's it's kind of again it gets kind of gets kind of like you know uh, iterated upon in the yeah yeah in, totally. in Enter the Dragon, but it kind of feels like a prototype of that. But my favorite part of this is that after this scene, they're going back to the Normiao's character's apartment. And Bruce says, how is, he, is it to get a gun around yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> I think he realizes something that, you know, this is going to escalate. And I don't know if he's asking that, knowing that they're going to bring a gun, or if he's asking, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's basically him, like, how is this going to play out? Yeah. You know, coming up. But I, I love uh, Chen's reaction after he takes out the first guy. There's this like zoom into her reaction and i i love that it's just so mm-hmm. good but yeah the next the next morning i guess in reaction to knowing there might be a gun uh, as we see later he's making these like wooden darts and it's just it's it's cool because like it, it's it's so minor but it sets up a lot of what's gonna happen in the yeah last totally. act of the movie mm-hmm and now they're all all of the waiters are really warmed up to him and um the next day, we finally get to see some of these uh, demonstrations. And actually, it kind of calls back to a lot of stories people would tell about Bruce. He would do this a lot, where anytime somebody would meet him, um, they'd be like, all right, like, what can you do? And he'd have them hold a pad, and he'd, he'd just launch them into the air with a like <laughs> right. stepping sidekick. <laughs> and it's it's really cool to see this on film. And actually... The the person receiving that kick is his oh, name is dude. Wu Nan, and and he was actually uh, Bruce and his family like their servant, and he this is a kind of another favor that he did. He actually cast him oh, wow. in the movie. So yeah, it's it's you're seeing a character here that you know has a long history with Bruce Lee more than maybe anybody on the screen at the time. Dude, great! I'm find. definitely. I'm never gonna make a gif of of him getting kicked back into the the carbo boxes and slow. Oh wow, it just, looks so cool! And actually, in the so good. the English audio, they actually add like this whoosh sound effect to it that kind of adds yeah. a little bit of excitement. But seeing that shot in slow motion and seeing how it's just straight up there, are, you're not seeing a a wire pulling this man. You're seeing him literally get lifted off the ground yeah. and into these boxes. Yeah. yeah. So that night back at the apartment again, there's a brief scene where this guy is like waiting in the apartment and has a gun. Um, and that's where we get to see Bruce first using the, the starts to, to, to take out the guy. Um, <laughs> I love that. And then like almost immediately after we see that guy at like the big boss's lair. And um, he's, he's all like, has this like almost like comical black eye and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, we get to meet like the 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 main villain. Which uh, what was? Did you get the actor's name that plays like this main bad guy? Um, his name is John Ben. Yeah, and that's actually yeah. kind of an interesting. I mean, he 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 popped up again in Fearless. Like, yes. Yeah, so many he's years had later. a lot of little roles in different films that were very um, pulling from from this casting, and it was just by chance that he was cast in this. Um, I believe he. Uh, he was in Hong Kong. He was a small-time actor, and he met Raymond Chow. And um, he he went on to basically kind of gain popularity because of this role. He was kind of like a local celebrity. I think you know. I think it's in this scene, or maybe this 
yeah, it's uh, this scene where he goes, Kung Fu! When, um, <laughs> That's so good. When Ho says, like, yeah, he knows Chinese Kung Fu. And yeah. um, he, he said in many interviews that he became known for that. And people would come to him in Hong Kong <laughs> and say that to him. Kung Fu! Kung Fu! So uh, eventually he went on to uh, open up a Bruce Lee cafe slash museum in Hong Kong. And um, huh. he actually said, and it's something we can get into later on, that um, he did it because no one in Hong Kong had done that to celebrate Bruce in so many years. Nobody had made a, a, a museum. And I think that still is the case in a lot of ways. Um, there's now in, and on the Bay in Hong Kong, there's a Bruce Lee statue, but even that I believe isn't more, maybe it's 10 years old that that statue is in uh, uh, Hong Kong. So it, it's kind of interesting to think about what that kind of means about, I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's a whole conversation about Bruce Lee. Where is he from? Where, you know, how does a country kind of relate to him? And even though he was such an icon, it feels like he still kind of was, I don't know, cast in a shadow of being an outsider in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, totally, yeah. yeah, that's like kind of a whole well, other conversation. But it's kind of fun well, to see. Obviously, I'm obviously I'm not from that culture or anything like that but i can say from visiting chinatown in san francisco they love bruce lee there mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah yeah definitely. there's bruce lee stuff everywhere over there the birth the birthplace yeah of, the, yeah um, the birthplace of them yeah. bruce lee but i i love here after he says kung fu you get that mm -hmm. amazing iconic like little short sequence of him bruce practicing on the uh porch and yeah flexing that v his his body is insane yeah. like it's it's so almost weird because like he's obviously he's in crazy good shape and he's built, but he's not like bulky. Yeah, he not at all. like he's whenever he's like flexing, he looks bulkier than he is. Like looks just like normally. It's it's and that's why so many things that are like characters that are based on Bruce Lee have such a, like a unique look that you can immediately recognize because like usually musculature isn't depicted like that. Like yeah, it's almost like torso muscles are like the big thing, yeah. but it's like really lean arms yeah. and shoulders and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And like we mentioned in the dragon, the Bruce Lee story episode that, uh, um, Jason Scott Lee is like, is pretty bulky, but like, no one like uh, that's the closest you're gonna get to what a person like a, right. a person no, who isn't point. Bruce Lee is to look like that. Yeah, and I think I there's a lot that go into that, and like that's a whole other conversation too. I think yeah. people have said like that kind of V those lats that he kind of flexes. That's like kind of something that you really can't develop. You have to kind of be gifted with that genetically. Mm. They're talking after he does that little um, training and you can see that she's really warming up. And yeah, I like what you guys were saying, how it doesn't really turn into a romance, but uh, she's very warmed up to him. But uh, they take a little tour of Rome, but unfortunately, the restaurant is without protection now. And uh, the boss and his gang members all show up and now uh, they're armed with weapons, including some guns. But uh, like you said, Matthew, um, Bruce got he he's got weapons of his own. <laughs> and uh, uh, I do want to mention there is a there is a brief scene here where 
uh no what's normiaf's character's name chen in this chen okay um chen is showing uh bruce around rome and showing all these like these beautiful landmarks and i love how completely unimpressed he is <laughs> right. yeah he says he, he's he says like uh they sh- like shows these beautiful ancient roman ruins and he's like we got you know we got ramshackle stuff like this back home too and he's yeah she shows him the fountains and he's like you could build an apartment there and make money like yeah <laughs> waste the space <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty fun mm-hmm. But he does have, I do like he has like a little bit of a, I, I feel like he has a little bit of a moment looking at some of the fountains that is, it's more than just the, as a setup to the joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, in the beginning nice. when they're driving around, one of the locations they drive past is called the Trevi Fountain, Fontana di Trevi. And the reason that I know about that place is because in Tekken Tag 2, there's a stage. <laughs> that's right. I knew it was going to oh, be a nice. fighting game stage. Yeah, <laughs> Somehow a, I knew. Yep. And that's not the last fighting game stage reference I'll make this episode. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh, dude, love it. Yeah, when you see Bruce in this situation, he ends up taking his shirt off, and he's just in the kind of iconic look for this film, which is the black pants with the white tank top and actually mm-hmm. forest law in tekken 3 and then tekken tag that's one of his outfits in the game yeah yeah because they get back to the restaurant and they they make their way out back and and bruce just has two nunchucks on him i guess yeah. just in case um and that's where it, that's that's the way that's how you one up the the nunchuck scene from fist of fury is how do you one up it you literally one up it you get two nunchucks yeah so it's great um, but yeah, he is, he's just dispatching all these guys with these nunchucks. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and my favorite is that like near the end of the fight, that's where the, 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 the big Italian guy comes back in and he gets one of the nunchucks and you can see he's like just trying to do what, what Bruce was right. doing with <laughs> Yeah. Ugh. And then what happens is what happens to anyone that grabs a pair of nunchucks for the first yeah, time. Hits himself right in the face. Yeah. Hard lesson. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, Bruce looks amazing. Um, but again, one of the things that I kind of, I mean, not that I'm being critical is that Bruce is fighting against these kind of mooks (laughs) and I mean, more than just mooks in the film, they're just kind of these guys that were cast in this film. So Mm -hmm. Bruce is such a proficient screen fighter. And I, I mean, it makes him look a lot better, but you got these guys that are, look really sloppy fighting against him. And um, a lot of the choreography looks tight from his side, but you see when you're looking at them, it looks like they're just kind of riffing or playing on what, what's yeah. happening. And it's, it, it kind of loses a little of the, the, the polish that we saw, especially in Fist of Fury. Yeah. And I think that's too, it's like, I mean, what we were talking about earlier, it's, um, Bruce really just does does seem to be more occupied with showcasing like that he's showcasing great martial arts technique. Um, I mean, I think for its time, uh, these were really exciting sequences for folks because he truly is showcasing those techniques. But yeah, just in terms of like pound for pound entertainment up against, you know, so many kind of films, Hong Kong films of the 70s that we love. Um yeah, it is a little kind of embarrassing, these, right. these dudes. <laughs> this is the scene where David Duchovny gets whooped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <poor guy. laughs> oh, man. Really fun. I'll have to get a, 
I'll, I'll, I'll get a screenshot of just that guy to. <laughs> but but you but you're rewatching. Oh, dude, you now, know what would be great is to make like a montage, like a conspiracy kind of montage that it's like, no, didn't you see he's here and then like <laughs> pins and, and string. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I did see or or, or I could, you, you should deep fake it so it actually is David Duchovny. Oh face. yeah. Oh dude. Um, I did. Eighty percent of the work's done for you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a listing that Andre Morgan from Golden Harvest. He's listed as an extra, and I tried to find him, but I could not see him in the movie. Mm. He would go on to have some small roles in later films, but um, he was basically like the the go to westerner for Golden Harvest. So, like you know, be a translator and kind of you know communicate with overseas like deals and stuff. But um, yeah, more of a behind the scenes guy. But yeah, he was listed, and I, I just, I tried really hard, but I couldn't. One of the things I saw him listed as was a restaurant patron, but I couldn't see him. So after he whoops everybody out in the alley, he comes back in, <laughs> and he really wants to make his point. So um, the boss is making his way out, and he throws his nunchucks, and they wrap around his wrist before he leaves. And um, he's really flexing on him, using Ho as a translator, says, like, tell him, you know, like, we don't want any trouble or, you know, or else we're going to fight back. And he's using, like, a lot of, like, aggressive gestures towards Yeah, him. I, I feel like that's a lot of, like, the Bruce Lee gestures that you see kind of come. A lot of it you can see in this part. Like, especially, I think, of the, the landlady in Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, like, we're going like to. She, yeah, she exactly. just straight up does, like, half of the things that he does in, in these scenes. Yeah, we're going to see that directly lifted. That that scene that's lifted from that, we're we're gonna see that later, but uh, yeah, they they pick everybody up and they've got their tails between their legs and they leave, and um, still like the, the uncle Uncle Wong, the the head of the restaurant, he still is like like yeah, this is bad. Like you guys don't get it. Like we won, but you know stuff could you know stuff's gonna happen, and um, they basically are saying like oh we should tell Tang Lung to leave and he's he goes to Nora Meow's character and is like you got to tell him to leave cuz he's going to get killed and um there is like you know as the plot develops we find out some crazy stuff but at the beginning of the movie you know knowing what happens there isn't really a lot of clues to kind of lead you to where that conclusion takes yeah. you but there, there's or why the uncle had him come in the first place. Yeah, yeah. there's one layer, like one line towards the beginning of the film where you're like, oh, like this, you know, the the uncle, the owner of the restaurant is kind of wistful for his life in Hong Kong. But uh, that's like really the only breadcrumb you get to what where this goes. But now we're going to get this like uh, this is the sniper scene. <laughs> this <dude's> yeah. Like, <laughs> He told us not to come and cause any more trouble. He's got like stormtrooper skills shooting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same guy from before that was waiting in the, the yep. apartment. So but yeah, but that's uh he he's he's missing all these shots in the sniper. Yeah. Uh, Bruce makes his way over there and throw some more darts at him but yeah. 
you can see it, you find out that it's just kind of a distraction because <laughs> um, he comes back and, and uh, Chen is, has been kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's something some... about this little sequence that, I don't know, reminds me a little bit of like Green Hornet stuff. Sure. Um, I don't know, just yeah. compared to to other no, Bruce it, it does, that does It does feel very much like a... Yeah, if he, it kind of feels like a like a, a plot that'd be from that, or from like a Batman or something. Where yeah, it's like, yeah, totally. You know, oh no, the the person's been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. We have to go to the place and rescue them. Which I feel like in uh, any other movie that would be the setup to the finale of the movie, but like it's not even close. It's like the maybe the end of the second act. Is this. sure right? So. And there's a couple of moments where they reference Chinese New Year. And this was originally going to be planned to be released around Chinese New Year. Um, And when I was looking up the dates, um, what I heard was that the production took a lot longer than they expected. But I I saw that was listed as being released in December of 72, which Fist of Fury was like, I think, in March, which was a little closer to Chinese New Year earlier in the year. But I think Chinese New Year actually would have been something more like January 73. So I don't know where, where, where all that lines up. But yeah, they're, they, he, he's making a joke like when they're hearing fireworks. He's like, oh, they banned those in Hong Kong. Like those must be Chinese people celebrating for uh, Chinese New Year. And then that's kind of when it kind of turns into the actual gunshot, not fireworks. And so back to the, in the, the villain's lair. Um, we get to see Normiao is like, oh know, yeah, tied up, and it's like sign the contract. That does feel very Batman kind of. Yeah, like, totally. Like just as sign this, and it'll all go away. Um, and that's whenever Bruce comes in with all of the the karate guys. Yeah, and, and there's a funny boys. thing too is each different audio track. You know, when he comes in, he's whistling. Each mm-hmm. each audio track has a different kind of just random whistle going on. Huh. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, I tried to see like, oh, are they referencing something? I couldn't recognize the melody, but the mm-hmm. Cantonese, the Mandarin, and the English audio have their own distinct whistle. <laughs> huh. Interesting. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, and this is another uh, this is a, another thing I wanted to mention about this movie. Not to be critical, is that okay? We are in Rome, <laughs> right? This is really cool. We transplanted everybody. We're shooting in Rome. But so much of this film is just in like sets that it feels really closed yeah. off to me. And like here we're going to get another action sequence where they're fighting in the boss's office. And when they all show up, it turns into like a really big brawl. And it's a really kind of loose situation where there's kind of like freestyling fighting. Right, That's right. What kind of what it seems like to me. And it kind of like it's fun, but it loses a lot of excitement from something like fist of fury where it's like just yeah. everything was so sharp and planned out mm-hmm. yeah 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 that is it's a lot more like i don't know sloppy is too mean of a word but yeah. it's definitely not like super tight you know yeah you know tight well choreographed which is which is kind of neat in its own right but i think unicorn chan and like uh Wu Nan actually they get some pretty nice jump kicks and some kind of longer sequences too which is kind of fun but most of the time when you see all these kind of big lanky like western dudes they just kind of really loose like swinging wild and stuff and it's like kind of i don't know it's kind of random to me (laughs) sometimes But Bruce, man, Bruce looks so good. And yeah, he, he does it again where he takes his, his jacket off. And um, this is the scene that I mentioned earlier where 
he gets slugged and i'm like that wasn't a it doesn't look believable <laughs> it's like totally like <laughs> slow big huge punch that lands on him and uh but bruce takes everybody out pretty quickly he does some really nice kicks and i think the the, the centerpiece of this is him uh leaping into the air and kicking the the lamp in yeah. the ceiling like something like i don't know seven feet in the air he just kicks that real easily yeah and it's at the conclusion of this fight um when we've got like homie and his like boardroom chair at his desk <laughs> yeah. where like that's that famous pantomime that yeah, yeah is verbatim yeah. in in kung fu hustle yeah and it's mm-hmm. funny he um bruce knocks him into the chair and uh john ben in an interview says that the first time he did it even though bruce you know knew that you know he's a, he wasn't a fighter he he pushed him with such force that he fell back on the chair so they had to like <laughs> actually oh, shoot that twice oh. and the second oh, time love to see the ng of that <laughs> yeah the yeah. second time there's actually a stuntman that's holding the chair from behind so he doesn't fall oh, oh cool. smart yeah it's really funny I, okay i like, like that, hey bruce there... could you hold back a little bit uh i don't know what <laughs> yeah. you mean what are you yeah. talking about yeah. Yeah. hold back yeah. <laughs> i like that because it has a really good energy that feels like kind of like oh, almost dude, like yeah. kind of like physically impossible for him to push back that much and it doesn't tip the chair over so i, yeah. I like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um yeah now after this uh the boss is kind of sulking there's a bunch mm-hmm. of he's like he's like smoking a cigar and he can't even like enjoy a cigar yeah. and uh is like i got an idea um i know about these martial arts guys we can call them up but i i like that they write in the script. Operator, I'd like to call America. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the English dub, it's one of those, like, add the R at the end initially. Yep. Operator, I'd like to call America. Yes, America. I'll call America. And the little America. He spells it out. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that whole uh, says to him that there's a Japanese fighter and a european fighter but they're from different schools so i'm afraid that they won't cooperate and this kind of goes in line with bruce lee's kind of philosophy too about how these like traditionalism kind of creates these barriers that kind of limits people and i think that that's kind of a pointed remark in this little sequence nice right there's a brief scene where they're like celebrating the celebrating chinese new year and and that's where uh, Bruce gets like a a letter, and it turns out that it's basically it's a letter from the uncle saying to come back home, and and uh, everyone like there's a, a great little pan where everyone's just looking real sad yeah. and, and dejected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, and 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 then Ho shows up and is just yucking it up. I love him. He's basically saying like. They're setting him up, but he's like, oh, yeah, the boss yeah, yeah. wants to apologize, and mm-hmm. he wants you guys to meet him at this restaurant. So he, they're like, um, the uncle's like, yeah, l- l- let's do it. They don't really uh, show their reaction from everybody else mm-hmm. too much, but um, you kind of, I mean, you can read the road here. Something uh, is up. Obviously, they're yeah. setting him up. And then it cuts to... Uh, the first shot of Chuck Norris. And actually, this is kind of uh, a well-known fact, is that that shot of Chuck Norris exiting the plane was actually him, like, arriving in Rome. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, actually it's amazing. him. Oh, I, I like yep, that. They kind that's of, where we get that awesome timpani footsteps. Yep. Mm-hmm. They, uh, 
they had to talk to a flight attendant like, hey, we want to do this. And uh, I guess they were flying in coach and it was Chuck and Bob Wall. And actually off camera behind uh, Chuck Norris is Bob Wall. Basically, he said he was holding back the passengers so they could get the shot, <laughs> which is really funny. Oh, that's so low rent. I love it. Yeah, Bob Wall <laughs> is quite a character, and I think it's really entertaining hearing him talk about things. And um, uh, uh, Kung Fu Movie Guide, another great podcast, and it really focuses on interviews. Um, they've yeah, Ben Johnson's interviewed Bob Wall. He's interviewed Huang Yin-shik who we'll see shortly um yeah some some pretty notable I mean huge stars in the martial arts world and it's really kind of cool that we have that to uh, listen to but um yeah Chuck Norris looking pretty 70s here right guys oh man there's the (laughs) 70s-ness of this movie is insane the print on his shirt is wild I love it yeah now which shirt is it the outer shirt or is it the inner shirt oh yeah that's right he's got this yeah it's it looks like one of those seeing it does not look real man you know those magic eye things (laughs) <laughs> where you have to like focus your eyes and you see a 3d image that's what it looks like his shirt is <laughs> yeah yeah but he's got these these when then you feel from when he turns around and there's there's stuff going on in in the back too uh... <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah he's got and he's got these crazy sideburns and stuff and, and again like it is you know he he's chuck norris he has like a brick wall for a face but he mm-hmm. uh he it's it is kind of weird seeing him without a beard after you know growing up with with walker texas ranger and stuff you know i like that that's so. your touchstone and yeah most people it, it, that or like he's basically became a meme you know everybody oh had well, all the yeah, chuck norris course, rules the, all the chuck norris jokes and yep. stuff like that let me ask you guys something though do you know oh chuck norris's real name oh dude oh is it like Charles Leibowitz or something? No. Like it's a very Jewish last name. Okay. Chuck Norris. I, I, I could see that. So. His, his real name is Carlos Ray Norris. Dude, Oh, really? that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Nice. He was I, apparently named after a minister that uh, his father knew or something like that. But yeah, Carlos, guys. Oh, cool. Carlos, <laughs> Dude, huh? so you could go by Chuck if you're. Yeah, if you're it is. a Yeah, Chuck is like kind of like a. Because Carlos is Charles. Um, but yeah, that, that, like I said, they met in like 68 in, uh, Bruce got him, that role in Wrecking Crew and then called him up for this movie and Bob Wall snuck in <laughs> and we see Bob Wall in the next scene fighting against Huang yin Shik. So Huang yin Shik, uh, uh, Hapkido practitioner. Um, and I actually like Kung Fu movie gossip. <laughs> uh, what, what I had heard in an interview was that, Huang yin Shik actually was kind of kind of talking mess about Bruce Lee. And uh, I think it was during the filming of Hapkido. And uh, mm. Bruce Lee actually cast him in this based on gossip to get his butt whooped on film. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, not to spread gossip, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Only spread it to gossip if it's really interesting. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um yeah, so they're fighting each other though. Just like Ho said, oh these guys are different uh, martial artists, you know, they they're from different places and they practice different styles. They're gonna like fight against each other and sure enough, he's like, Stop, like they're fighting each other and uh, Bob Wall actually looks pretty commanding and he looks like he's like ten feet tall. 
performing yeah, some of yeah. these kicks and he has a really like commanding presence but um he's able to keep them separated long enough uh to tell them that you know hey you know our enemy is tong lung like just wait for the boss to like you know before you decide to defeat each other and um yeah later when uh chuck is involved too uh he challenges uh the Japanese fighter. I forget if he even has a name. But uh yeah, Huang Yunshik, not Japanese, but he does say some Japanese lines in the movie. And um Bob Wall's character, who's like sometimes they call him credited as Bob. I think the credits in the film call him Fred, but it really his name is the, is inconsequential. Um he sees Chuck Chuck's character Colt as his master. And that was kind of true to life and um colt fights uh huang yin shik and really destroys him and actually it's pretty funny if you're looking off to the side and you're looking at bob he's laughing the whole time that chuck is beating him up <laughs> it's really funny so the gang arrives at the restaurant and of course the boss isn't there so <laughs> uh ho's like i'll take you to where he is and he basically brings him out to an empty field and runs away <laughs> and he actually is funny he leaves his car too which is kind of weird but um uh now you see bob wall's character and huang yin shik kind of marching their way towards the the guys and uh this is where i, I was saying like you hear uh Huang Yin Shik's character say, like yeah. basically in Japanese, yeah. um, asking if he's Tong Long. And um, yeah, they, they start beating up everybody. And um, the, the, you know, Unicorn Chan and the other guys are trying to hold their own, but they're getting stomped. And eventually Bruce is going to have to get involved. Yeah. So yeah, that's that that leads to a pretty a pretty cool fight with him and and, and Bob Wall. Yeah, it, um, it looks really cool. It's really visceral. It's it's pretty quick and it's kind of one sided, but um, I I do really like Bob Wall's expressions. Like you can mm -hmm. see the pain on his face, and yeah. um, I just think that it's he kind of looks cool because he's just like so tall compared to the rest of the cast. Yeah, he's real tall, and he has like the the he has pretty big hair. That's that adds like that kind of visual interest with the. Like it bobbing around and stuff, mm -hmm. dude. It's so interesting to think like he's he's flying there on his own dime, like begging <laughs> to be in the movie, and he's really one of the. He's like the second most effective opponent. Yeah, I'm just imagining Bruce like we've got really high bar if you're gonna be in this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like I don't know. Yeah, but he gets and he gets hurt pretty bad. <laughs> he does. That's another yeah. great gif is where Bruce just punches him right in the balls and there's this hard zoom right after he does it into bruce's face yeah almost uh, comparable to roy horan's uh you know yeah death. not not yeah, dissimilar dude. yeah mm -hmm. um so once he's taken out then huang yin shik he he gets to fight bruce for a bit but yeah that doesn't really last very long i don't i don't think he lands any attacks towards bruce he's just getting throttled <laughs> mm -hmm. uh. Yeah, maybe he shoots like a, a one or two kicks at him, but it's very one-sided. So with 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 them dispatched, you think, okay, you know, it's okay. We just gotta get to Chuck Norris. That's gonna be like the the final boss of the movie, and then we get the heel turn. Oh man! Uh, yeah, the the uncles is sitting with uh, what were their English names like? Jimmy. Thomas and 
Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy and Bimmy. Jimmy is Jimmy and Bimmy. Um, <laughs> and he pulls out a knife and stabs the two oh, of them. Dude. Oh, man. I love his knowing glance, the left and right <sighs> turn. And then yeah. he just stabs them both. It's some yeah. really like you were like, saying earlier, Carlos. Like, oh, are there any breadcrumbs? But I mean, I feel like it's just as likely that the movie was shot in some kind of sequence and a little bit make make it up as we go. Yeah, um, I definitely which, feel that too. That's the big thing that makes it and to me. That's the big thing that makes it feel like some of the the kung fu comedies we've done, where it feels like they're just kind of trying to figure it out as they're shooting the movie. And they're like, right. we have we have these things we want to do, but how are we going to get to those things? And so, it uh, that that leads to kind of these out of nowhere twists. Yeah, and Uncle's basically like, I I miss Hong Kong. I want to go back to Hong Kong and this yeah. restaurant. So I, just, I gotta kill you. And it's yeah. like, yeah. I'm just, like, dude, there's just no sell, other way we could have done it. Sell the yeah. restaurant, guy. <laughs> like, come on, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, it's pretty rough. But yeah, that that takes us to the Coliseum fight. So Ho is mm-hmm. is leading Bruce away from the field and he leads him to the Coliseum. And yeah, they, they shot some really nice shots of Wei Ping Ao kind of running and Bruce running and some cool menacing shots of Chuck standing at a distance. <sighs> and um, There's that classic one of him, Chuck Norris doing the thumbs up and then turning it down. With oh, thumbs man. Down. Yeah, really cool. And uh, I mean, those big shots of Bruce kind of sneaking through the corridors of the Coliseum mm-hmm. just look so cool. I love I love that. But um, the, the fight itself, you know, it's very obviously... Uh, shot on a Hong Kong set. Um, so, yeah, right, right. you know, and, and like you guys were saying earlier, they did get some permissions, but it definitely feels like there's some <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of clandestine activity. Well, they happening. depict it pretty nice because it's like, can I get up these stairs? Oh, no, there's a gate. Yeah, you oh, like, this yeah. is locked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it almost feels like him sneaking around is just him actually sneaking around trying to try to get away from some poor Italian underpaid you yeah. know, tour guide yeah. or whatever. Yep. What do you guys think of the cat? Like, how does that? Oh my oh, god, man. the cat! How much I love this cat, dude. So uh, the cat. The other thing, I don't... yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> I don't know because I've never been there, but I mean, I'd imagine this kind of pulling on maybe stuff that they observed when they were at the Coliseum. Maybe there's stray animals around. Ah, uh, sure. But um, in Street Fighter Alpha, the first Street Fighter Alpha, um, the there's an Italy stage and it takes place in the Coliseum and. Just like in this film, there are little cats walking around the background. So I think it's a direct reference to Way of the Dragon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I feel I, like there's potential in this. If I ever go to the Coliseum, this, I'll but... keep an eye out for any stray right. cats. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, it's like th- this does feel like you, um, you were mentioning earlier, Matthew, with like some of the comedic beats where it's like there's there's some kind of there's something that could be cool and like electric about this, but like we're just in an early draft where I don't, yeah, I don't really get what's going on. There's a funny shot where Bruce is walking towards a set of stairs and a cat leaps out and it's pretty obvious that they threw that cat into the shot because you see it like <laughs> okay. turn towards whoever just threw him and then he yeah. like slinks off. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So then, and then the, the Bruce... snap zooms too. They're just some like oh, pretty, man. pretty wild, like in and out, in and out. Yeah. Yep. 
The cat snap scenes. So, yeah, man. So Bruce meets Chuck Norris in front of a matte painting of the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love um, this stuff. Come on. <laughs> and Chuck Norris has a, honestly, the hardest I laughed was probably seeing just how much chest hair Chuck Norris this is what has. I me- this is what I meant by his other shirt oh, I, I figured it was nice. I didn't, just like I not re- <laughs> it's it's insane like you know there's, there's obviously there's nothing wrong with having chest hair I have plenty of chest hair but it's like hilarious <laughs> I mean it feels like it's something like oh we're shooting that today I <laughs> yeah. think I'm ready but it's like no makeup crew or anything and then when dude turns around it's like yeah. There's yeah, there's stuff happening. Oh, and the back hair. From the that back, back hair situation yeah. is what gets me. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, and now we get to <laughs> we get we get crossing between the two of them stretching and little cats for like five minutes. Oh man, I'm I I'm I feel like I have to fight for this. I do really like this, you guys. It's so cool to me. It's, I mean it's super memorable. Like you don't have the sequence yeah. without without the cat stuff for sure and they even put like the cat meowing kind of tied to bruce's movements too and he's Mm -hmm. like flexing his back you've got a cat shot and then a cat meowing and um but i my (laughs) takeaway from this is really cool though because it's like two martial artists they kind of understand what's happening and this is like them fighting in the coliseum you know this you know historic scene of battle and you know there is no disrespect here and the the narrative of this fight is really important to me too and um i mean also like fighting games again like guys you look at these shots and oh it, it just looks it like is a fight straight game. up like on the side like there could be health bars above them kind yep. of situation and uh, yeah, yeah i love that the the cat actually calls a match so like they're right they're in their fighting <laughs> pose and they're waiting and the cat calls and that's when the fight starts it's it's great (laughs) i love it well an interesting choice too that like chuck is basically a you know the silent man Mm -hmm. um here it's like i don't think anyone watching this would have been able to guess that like oh decades later he'll like have mouths full of dialogue and like a weekly procedural yeah it's interesting and endorsing republican presidents (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's It's pretty conservative dude (laughs) yeah <laughs> uh, and like very christian too i think but um yeah, yeah. yeah here in this fight it, it, it's really cool and his his form looks really cool too i mean i always think yeah, of like yeah, this karate so. this very stiff form and i mean i think it's also intention to by bruce lee to kind of show because what what you see in this fight is um bruce starts off this fight in a very kind of more of a traditional look i mean not outside of what you've seen from him already but as the fight progresses, you see that Chuck is really getting the upper hand on him. And Bruce really has to take a moment and really think about what's happening. Um, similar to like what we were talking about with Wheels on Meals, how iconic that final fight is. And I mean, I, I, in some ways, I feel like it wouldn't exist without this fight right here. Because you see Bruce. He's, no, I think that's a good point. Yeah, he starts to loosen up and he starts to kind of do his more iconic like jkd like the bruce that people really know and once he kind of loosens up he really starts to uh turn the tide in the fight and i I think it's really cool just to see kind of the narrative build from here and uh, i don't know and and it seems to be like a fulfillment of a kind of dream of bruce's because like here really for the first time um 
we've got two like genuinely competitive martial artists like outside of the movies um yeah like entertaining us is in this kind of piece of fiction so yeah i feel like this this set a standard or kind of showed what was possible as far as like the real martial arts world kind of overlapping with with cinema mm-hmm. and that yeah there's there's no way that didn't influence bringing in benny the jet you know it's like yeah it's i mean arguably the chuck norris of his day and then some yeah right right and um I mean, this, there's this slow motion shot of Bruce really kind of deftly evading Chuck's attacks. And I just, I love how that looks. Again, we do get a, to see these kind of point of view shots too. They don't dwell on those uh, as long as we saw in like Big Boss or Fist of Fury, but I think they look really cool. And um, I just, I really love, there's a segment here where Bruce, he he does like, he he conditions his opponent basically like, for me playing fighting games, you can do this thing, you condition your opponent. He he does like two, three low kicks, and Chuck's like, you know, guarding these low kicks. And then, you know, at the fourth one, he fakes the low kick and chambers his kick and goes for the high kick. And it, uh, it's just, man, it's, it's so great to me. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite is whenever it does the zoom in and out. On oh, Chuck's yeah. face, and then the zoom in and out on the cat's face. Yeah, it's it's perfect. It's <laughs> oh, <dude, that's> so <laughs> silly. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the fight, Bru- uh, or Chuck is jacked up and like mm-hmm. his arm and legs broken, and he's just desperately trying to to grapple. And and you do get a moment where <laughs> I'm just picturing Chuck like you. You promise I'll look cool. Yeah. You're gonna look really cool. Chuck. <laughs> um, Although, I- like for for Bruce, like this is the most respectful we've ever seen him yeah. kind of like treat another fighter in one of his movies. And there is a moment where a Colt, he, he starts to try to loosen up and do the bounce, but it, by then it's too late. And he really, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much the end for him. But, you know, the, the kind of sad turn in this fight is that, um, you know, his arm gets broken, his leg gets broken, but he still won't stop. And Bruce actually, uh, Tong Long is like, come on, dude, it's over. But he still attacks, and uh, Bruce uh, Tung Long actually has to kill him. But you see this, um, I you know, like a pained expression that you know is the kind of the respect between these two martial yeah. artists, and um, you know that's not that's not what you would probably expect from a big Hong Kong film like this. And I think that that's a really cool point that uh, they put that in this fight, dude. Yeah, well said. There's another uh, move too. Like, um, there's a segment where uh, Bruce lands like five kicks. Like, it's like a five step kick combination that starts low and ends up high. And Virtual Fighter uh, Jackie Bryant has that set of moves too. It's straight up out of this movie. But the movie is not over yet. <laughs> yet <laughs> yeah. we have four minutes to wrap up everything else. Yeah, in the movie. that's funny. <laughs> oh, um, we didn't. I don't think we mentioned this. Like. St- like ghoulish ethereal voice that's like taunting him when he's getting uh, like, near the Coliseum. Yeah. I yeah. feel, I felt, I felt like that was Ho kind of calling out to him, bringing him. Yeah. I think that's what's yeah. kind yeah. of what we're meant to, mm-hmm. meant to believe like mm-hmm. once this fight's over. And in a and similar they... way, there's like kind of the kind of ominous music when uh Colt is, you know, when his arm and leg are broken, but he still is trying to get up. It kind of has this kind of creepy tone to the the scene. 
so we see Ho running away from the Coliseum. Um, and they go back to the back to the site of the the previous fight. Um, and uh, Uncle is like basically saying, uh, like he's Ho is saying, like you know, we 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 failed. We got to get out of here. Um, and Uncle is able to like pretend that that Ho is the one that that hurt him and uh, get Bruce's guard down uh, long enough for him to to stab him. Um, but that's. Uh, <laughs> That's whatever the big boss shows up with a gun and just yeah. starts shooting at everyone. Yeah, he just shoots everyone up. So you kind of Ugh. kind of unceremonious end to this kind of traitor that was revealed just, I don't know, mm-hmm. 10 minutes before. But uh, the yeah. other funny thing that I found out thanks to John Ben's interviews is that the Mercedes that he's driving is actually Bruce Lee's Mercedes. He bought it like oh. Oh, cool. the day before. That's funny. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good that's actually oh, that's at the very very beginning of the movie um bruce is he their uh, tongue lung is is trying to guess the type of car that mm-hmm. uh, normie i was picking him up in yeah uh, I, I some some little bit of gearhead stuff yeah through. Dude, that's awesome fun but then the then the police show up and and arrest the bad guys bring in the good guys and they kind of ends the movie with them at the at a cemetery yeah all the they're at a cemetery and uh, yeah tong long basically just walks away then the credits start yeah yep it's pretty pretty straightforward ending to it and there's a great great closing theme of the credits Mm -hmm. i like in the credits they spell unicorn chant u-n-i-c-o-n unicorn unicorn yeah. <laughs> that's awesome and just the look of the like those letter forms yeah and everything mm-hmm. is just classic i like it and as as i think we've been mentioning um film after film um these were like record-breaking hong kong box office after you know one after the other and at the time um actually i think yeah even the wikipedia article like adjusts for inflation and i think this is like total gross but went on to gross like 130 million in 1970s dollars which is around like 700 million in today's money so i mean just imagining like this scope of production bringing in that much money i mean it's incredible yeah it's like it's literally like what if what if a what if an independent film well not like a smaller than independent film brought in like Mm -hmm. you know like spider-man money (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly he's basically like doubling his you know box office draw like with each film i think according to this it was like a a thousand times its budget because the budget was like 100 130,000 and it made 130 million it's amazing it's it's nuts and that and again it's like that's the that's the power of bruce lee that's why there were so many like you know we'll we'll, obviously we'll get into it when we get to the you know talk about bruce exploitation a little bit but like that's why there was so much like trying to make as much money off of this that even literally a dead guy could bring people (laughs) in to see a movie you know it's it's so nuts but yeah that that's that's with the way of the dragon it's it's definitely my least favorite of the the four Bruce Lee movies that as as everyone thinks of the F- Bruce Lee movies, but it's still good. It's it's still fun and yeah. it's it's so interesting. Like I was saying with the Big Boss episode, it definitely feels like the prototype of of what a lot of Hong Kong movies were going to look like for the next uh, two or three decades. 
Yeah, totally. And it's really important also, I think, in setting the stage for what I think for most of the world is like their most beloved, like classic Bruce film. Um, And not only do we have Dragon in the title here, but like there's a real effort to make this like an international affair and to Mm. pull in like really significant, um, you know, figures from the real world on, on the screen and to like really showcase locations. And it's a little bit ragtag, like we said, and kind of shoestring, but, um, I mean, (laughs) what can you say? It's like you return your like a thousand percent profit. I mean, that's like, (laughs) I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, you, you mentioned the title and yeah, we didn't really talk about that as much. Um, this film uh, was originally called Enter the Dragon while they were producing it. There's a phone interview with Bruce uh, with an Alex Block that took place in 1972. I believe it was for an article that would be written in Esquire. And uh, during that conversation, he mentions that the title of the movie is Enter the Dragon. Obviously, that didn't become the title. But um, this was released after enter the dragon in the u.s and it was called return of the dragon so um originally when it was released in the u.s that's how people knew it as return of the dragon in 1974 i believe dude yeah that's a really good point Mm -hmm. that it's like um kind of a later release similar to what you know would happen in the 90s once um jackie just exploded over here with rumble in the bronx it's like then we're pulling movies from like two years prior three four yep. six yeah um <laughs> yeah couldn't bring them out fast enough operation mm-hmm. condor yeah yeah <laughs> uh any final thoughts before we wrap it up for the day um yeah you guys basically said how i felt about it i i do i do think the film is it's entertaining and i you know i I feel like that would this would probably be the last movie that I grab for if I'm gonna watch a Bruce Lee movie. But um yeah, still if you watch it, I mean seeing Bruce Lee on screen, you still get that sense of charisma and I mean his proficiency and I, I think yeah, seeing him whip those kicks out even when he's not hitting anybody, you're like, Wow man, this guy was the real deal. And I think what you were saying earlier, Marty, about him compared to Jackie and uh, I feel like yeah, Bruce Bruce understood that movies were a way for him to deliver his message about martial arts. And um you you're seeing that being refined. And um although this movie is a little rough around the edges, um you still get those nuggets of wisdom in this film and I right, think that right. it's it's really worth checking out for for anyone, even if you're not a diehard Bruce Lee fan. I think anybody that enjoys any of the films that we've talked about will really get a kick out of uh, Way of the Dragon. Well, thank you so much for checking out our show here. Uh, if you like the show, then you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes, the number three podcast, and all three of them. You can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on, like Apple Podcasts or uh, I don't know if you can do it on Spotify. If you can, though, then leave us a review. Yeah, I know you lovely. can do like ratings or something on Spotify. Mm. I think I've said that before, but whatever. If you have an email, I don't know if you have a question or thoughts or <laughs> yeah, anything like that, yeah, then shoot totally. us an email. We have the uh, uh, heroes is, is, is it heroes, heroes the number three the number three podcast. podcast. Yep. I was man, I was I I didn't uh, my brain is like surely I wasn't that consistent with everything, but no, I guess it was but yeah. Heroes the number three podcast at gmail dot com. 
So. Yeah. And we have, a, I think, in every blog post for the ep- episodes, um, I have a link to a link tree that will get you to any any of those venues to get a hold of us or listen yes. to us. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. If you don't check the bot p- blog posts whenever you get the episodes, check the blog posts. Carlos puts a lot of effort into those. Oh, so. thanks. <laughs> you too, um, man. You make all the cool gifts. Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. God, I can't wait to make gifts for this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. Cat gifts. Uh, well, oh, yeah, Selby makes some cat gifts in this one. Um, but so this this is not it. We, we got a couple more things planned, but this is this is the big one. So oh, man. next week, yeah. I, I feel like any of us could could do the training for next week. This one, but our training for next week is Enter the Dragon from 1973, which is definitely like the Bruce Lee movie. Like this is. If anyone's seen a Bruce Lee movie, they've seen this one. Right. Yeah. And this is like the poster is still like in every other dorm room. Exactly. Yeah. In America, right next yeah. to Scarface and uh, yeah, uh, Fight Jay, Club. Uh, <laughs> yeah. John Belushi with the college shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Enter nice. the Dragon. Yeah. Arguably um, one of the biggest films we're going to talk about on this podcast. Well, until next week, where we're taking a look at Enter the Dragon, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. Mamma mia!